0: Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit echoeygt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at echoeygt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. Tonight, we're, we're talking about the gifts, and if you've been looking at where we're at next, we're in the gift of healing. And I think it's important that we give opportunity to just get in the presence of the Lord, opportunity to pray one for the other. And uh, I believe the Lord's going to do something in some hearts and lives. You know, the Lord woke me up about four o'clock this morning, I believe, to get ready for this evening. And there's a verse, and Christy and I actually shared it in our little, our little devotion that we do a couple of times uh, during the week. If I can, I can still have some music playing. In Acts chapter 4 this really really just stuck out to me and I think it's is so important verse 31 It says after this prayer The meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached the Word of God With boldness now. I've I've read that verse probably a hundred times much like you But it really just was a rhema moment it was a moment that just felt the Lord Notice their response to the circumstances, their response to the pressure, their response to the, the threatenings, their response to, to, what, to what was going on in their world, what was going on in their situation. Their response was prayer. And my hope tonight is this, that your response and my response will always be prayer prayer Amen. not anxiety not freaking out not, not, not having a moment but prayer and then it says this in, in that same verse the meeting place shook in other words there was a manifestation a manifestation is something you see you feel you sense one of the descriptions of the gifts of the Spirit, Paul uses, is a manifestation of the Spirit. It manifests that God is in the house, manifests that the Spirit of God is among us. As they prayed, the place shook. There was a manifestation of the presence of God. And I believe that as we pray, that a manifestation of God's presence can be felt. The manifestation of God's presence will be among his people. And it says, then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. I think our prayer should be, Lord, help us to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Not something that I had when I was 12 years old. Not something I experienced on a Sunday night when I was a teenager. But be being filled, Ephesians 5 verse 18, with the Holy Spirit. A constant, continual, overflowing. And I love how the psalmist says, my cup runneth over. And I believe our cup runs over this evening. And it says they testified or they began to preach with boldness. And I think we should always give testimony to the word of God. Give testimony to what God is doing. So whatever you're facing tonight, whatever distraction, whatever stuff happened in your life today, may you commit it to the Lord in prayer. And I want you to know there is a manifestation of God's spirits available to you. Be filled with the spirit of God and testify to what the Lord is doing. Going to our passage that we deal with on Wednesday night is 1 Corinthians 12. Tonight, we're going to highlight verse, verse 9. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. We spoke about the gift of faith last week. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of Healing. And this is what we're going to talk about this evening, the gift of healing. Allow me to read this out of the new King James. The new King James places verse 8, for one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, and to another gifts of healings by the same spirit. Let's give a definition of the word heal. To heal is to make well again. I believe God wants to heal, wants to make well again. I believe God sent his son to heal the brokenness of our world. It means to restore to health, to make whole or sound. I thought about this definition early this morning. It is the supernatural invading the natural. I want the supernatural to invade the natural. I want the supernatural to invade my life. I want the supernatural to invade our church. I want the supernatural to invade your family. It is the evidence of the nature of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is about healing, freedom, deliverance, wholeness. I hope you have your Bible. It's going to take you to a few verses this evening before we have an exercise of prayer. An exercise of laying on of hands. And praying that God will bring healing in your life. Luke 7 verse 18 says, the disciples of John the Baptist told John about everything Jesus was doing. So John called two of his disciples and, and he sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the Messiah that we've been expecting or should we keep looking for someone else? John's two disciples found Jesus and said to him, John the Baptist has sent us to ask, are you the Messiah? And at that very time, notice verse 21. At that very time, Jesus cured many people of their diseases, illnesses, and evil spirits. And he restored sight to many who were blind. Healings were taking place. The power of God was being displayed. Then he, talking about Jesus, told John's disciples, go back to John and tell him what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk. Those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life. The good news is being preached to the poor. Jesus simply said, go back and tell him, because John understood the nature of the kingdom of God. The nature of the kingdom of God was that the blind would see, the dead would rise to life, and the lame would walk again. And church, this is the nature of the kingdom of God. Jesus ushered in the messianic age. He ushered in the kingdom of God, which is both now and yet to come. We believe a part of the kingdom of God here today is healing for one's body, healing for one's soul, and healing for one's spirit. God's come, gave his son to bring wholeness to your life. Not just to quicken your spirit, man, but to bring healing to your physical body. But not just your physical body, but to bring healing to your your soul, to your emotions. To bring that which is fractured back to one again. That's what atonement really is at one. That which has been marred by sin, that's what's been marred by life and the world and the brokenness around us. Christ has come to bring wholeness to us. Many, their spirit has been resurrected, but they're often suffering brokenness still in their soul and sometimes even in their body. I believe healing is for us today. Healing is a part of the atoning sacrifice of the Lamb of God. Go back to that great prophecy in the Old Testament, Isaiah 53. Powerful prophecy given some, some five to 700 years before the birth and death of Jesus Christ. Isaiah writes, who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. Notice, our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. We thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. Rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be made what? Whole. He was whipped. The King James, his stripes. He was whipped so we could be, say that word with me, healed healing was a part of the ministry of Jesus at the very beginning of his ministry after the what we call the temptation of Christ he comes into the synagogue to the to the temple and they ask him to read and and he takes the scroll that's from Isaiah and he and he reads from Isaiah the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. The blind will see. The ministry of Jesus, the oppressed will be set free. And the time of the Lord's favor has come. The year of Jubilee has come. It was every 50th year in the Jewish calendar. But now we are in the year of Jubilee because the age of grace. Jesus said, I've come to establish the year where everything is forgiven, everything is reversed. And church, there's some reversal needs to take place in our lives. Can you say amen? There's some things that we've allowed the enemy to steal from us, some things we've allowed the enemy to hijack from us, and we need the Lord to bring a divine reversal here. It is the year of Jubilee. The Lord has proclaimed that. It was a part of the ministry of Jesus. Jesus sent his 12 disciples out to heal. Luke 9 verse 1. One day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all uh, diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So we see he gave authority to the 12 apostles, to the disciples to go out and to heal the sick. And lest you think, well, that was an apostolic, that was just for the apostles. They just had uh, the gift of healing. They just had the gifts of healings. If you go to chapter 10 of Luke, verse 1. Now the Lord chose 72. Some translations will read 70 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who was in charge of the harvest. Ask them to send more workers into the into his fields. So he's given them instructions. So go down to verse nine. As he's given the instructions, it says, it says that that you are to heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. So now the ministry is expanded from the 12 to the 70, the disciples, the followers of Jesus, those that have committed their life to him. Healings took place in the early church. A great exercise for you to do is just start, start in the book of Acts and go to chapter by chapter and just look at the healings. I'm not talking about miracles. We'll talk about that next week. Talking about healings. Acts 3, first one, we're familiar with. Verse 7, the Lord now... It says, then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, began to walk. Then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. The lame man, crippled, was healed. Go to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, verse 15. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Notice the anointing, notice notice the power is present to heal. They put them in the streets. So that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. I'm showing you where healing took place. In the early church, it was happening in the ministry of Jesus. He sent the 12 apostles out, and they prayed over the sick, and they they were healed. And, and uh, he sent the 70 disciples out, expanding from the 12 apostles. And they had authority to cast out devils and to, to pray over the, or, or heal the sick. In the early church, we see that expressions of healing are taking place. Go to chapter 8. Crowds listened intently to Philip. Philip, an evangelist. Philip, a disciple, a follower of Christ. They listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. There was great joy in the city. I'm giving you example at example. Let the word of God just speak to you. The word will build your faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Amen. The word of God builds our faith. Uh, helps us to, to grab hold to the promises of God. Because we know Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know that he is no respecter of persons. We know that God loves us. I hath not seen nor ear heard neither has it entered to the heart of man what the Lord's prepared for them that love him. Acts 14 verse 8 while they were at Lystra Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with crippled feet. He had been that way from birth so he had never walked he was sitting and listening as Paul preached looking straight at him Paul realized he had faith to be healed he had faith to be healed. We talked about the gift of faith. He had faith to be healed, so Paul called to him in a loud voice Stand up! And a man jumped up to his feet, started walking. One last in the early church, Acts 19, verse 11 God gave Paul the power to, for, to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on the sick people, they were healed of their diseases. Evil spirits were expelled. They were healed. They would take aprons, work aprons. No doubt that, that Paul wore during the day. He was a tent maker. And uh, handkerchiefs that, that, that had touched him and they took it to the sick. And it says that they were Healed. Now I want to give you an observation of the gifts of healings. Both words are plural. The reason I wanted to read it out of the New King James because in the original, the New King James reads it, translates it more accurately. The the, uh, New Living Translation uses the singular, the gift of healing. But in the actual Greek, the word uh, gift is plural, meaning gifts. And the word healing is plural, gifts of healing. It's best translated there in the New King James or the King James. To another gifts of healing by the same spirit. The American Standard Version has this translation also. The English Standard Version or the NIV In 1 Corinthians 12, 9 says, To another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts, plural, of healing by the one spirit. One theologian writes this, Healing is the only gift of the spirit that is listed in the plural. Stanley Horton writes, this suggests there are either many gifts of healing for different diseases or that each exercise of healing power is a separate gift. It seems that in the book of Acts, many, many of the recorded cases of healing occurred not because the apostles prayed for healing, but because God had anointed them with the power to heal. These expressions of healing were probably gifts of healing. Stanley Horton writes this, the words gifts in healing are in the plural in the Greek. Some take this to mean that there are a variety of forms of this gift. Some of these take it that certain individuals are gifted to heal one sort of disease or one sort of sickness and some another sort. Philip, for example, was used especially in the healing of the paralyzed and the lame. Still others take it that every healing is a special gift. That is, the gift is for the sick person who has the need. Therefore, in this view, the Spirit does not make men healers. Instead, he provides a new ministry of healing for each need as it arises in the church. Going back to Acts chapter 3, where Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I to you. Literally in verse 6, it states what I have, this thing I give to you. This thing is singular, and it indicates a specific gift given to Peter to give to the lame man. It does not seem to mean he had a reservoir of healing gifts in himself. But he had to look to the Lord and receive from the Spirit a new gift for each sick person to whom he ministered. There doesn't seem to be any evidence that the apostles were able, were able to heal whenever they felt like it by some resonant power of healing nor did they consider healing their chief ministry preaching the gospel was we read of extraordinary miracles through paul here at ephesus it implies that in connection with the establishing of the seven churches in asia through paul's ministry at ephesus unusual miracles were done that did not take place everywhere therefore paul did not have an automatic gift in himself that made him a healer. Actually, in Ephesus, God used handkerchiefs, sweat cloths, if you would, work aprons taken from Paul while he was working as a tent maker. Miracles were done as these things became a means of helping sick people express their faith. You and I trusting God, believing God. I think all of us would concur that there is a mystery to healing. That we don't totally grasp or understand. At one time, Peter's shadow, as we read earlier, became such a means that people were healed. The means used were always varied in the scripture. And they never allowed to become the form or ceremony. I think that's probably why there's so many different types of miracles. And each time there's a a various way as it takes place because we make systems God. We make things more important than God himself. We make the miracle more important than the bestower of the miracle See, their faith was to be in the Lord, not in the means used to help them. The emphasis in 1 Corinthians 12, 9 is on the expression of this gift through the various individual members of the body. Gifts of healings are available to every member of the body to minister to the sick. I want to ask you musicians to come, Tyler, the singers to come. Because I want to talk about the wonderful privilege we have. The gift of faith and gift of healings are closely related. There's a wonderful privilege of healing that's paid for in the atonement. 1 Peter 2, 24, the King James says, By his stripes we were healed, past tense, already done. The new living translation puts it by his wounds you are healed. Peter deliberately used past tense done settled. James chapter 5 It tells us is anyone among you suffering let us let him pray is anyone cheerful let him sing songs. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith. Notice that, the prayer of faith. Let them pray over him. The prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. If he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another Now notice, pray for one another that you may be healed. And then James goes on, the half brother of our Lord Jesus goes on to describe how the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much and he uses Elijah as an example. But lest you think that Elijah Elijah being this mighty man of God that suddenly it disqualifies you. James says, he's a man of like passions, just like you. The New Living Translation puts it this way. He was a man with a nature like ours, yet he prayed earnestly. He prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it didn't. James is telling you, that your prayers are effective. Don't think that you are a second rated Christian, that you are on a different level than ever. He says, Elijah was a man just like you, same passions as you. Same, same emotions as you. We see one instance where he's running in fear. And then we see where he's the man of God that calls fire down from heaven and james the half brother of our lord jesus says in essence he prayed and the heavens were shut then he prayed again and the heavens were open pray one for the other because your prayer makes a difference there's the act of calling on the leadership of the church and in this context tonight the leadership would be Your pastor, the staff that will pray with you and say, pray over you, the prayer of faith. Paul, as he was in Ephesus, he saw the man had faith to be healed. I don't understand it entirely, but I know this, that when we pray, we must believe And we must act. And as we lay hands, we trust God to work and to move. I'm going to ask GT worship just to begin to lead us into some songs. Lead us into the presence of God. Not as if we've left the presence, because I felt his presence this whole night. But there's something about worship. There's something about getting where you set aside everything and you begin to magnify Jesus. I want to ask you to stand. I want to ask you just to enter into a place of surrender. I've gave you verse after verse after verse. My hope is simply to energize your faith. Build your faith. I believe in the gifts of healing. Not every person in the New Testament was healed. Not every person and even leader in uh, the New Testament was healed. But we know many were healed. And we know that there was a manifestation of the Spirit of God, manifestation of the gifts of healing among them. And church, it might be so tonight that God and His sovereignty would move and visit us once again and bring healings in our life. Let's spend a few moments in worship, and then we will respond.